Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Jeff, could you maybe laugh just a little bit less? Come on, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Joan Sotkin, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How are you? Okay, it's great to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So let's talk a little bit about what you've got going on over at prosperityplace.com. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I get bored easily. So I <laughs> me too. I do too. I do, so we I have do a lot of different things. Right now, I'm working on a, an online course. I've already done two others, but this one is my really big one. It's called Rewire Your Brain for Financial Freedom. Ooh, and I love it's, that title. Good you know, and, and one of the things that I pay attention to is how people's habitual uh, emotional patterns affect their life outcomes. Oh, yeah. And so I really wanted to help people learn how to change those. And used to be I talked about you had to change your emotions and understand your emotions and your thoughts and your beliefs. And now I realize it's all a matter of brain science, that you just have to recognize the habits that you've got and and create new habits, which is not the easiest thing in the world. No. So so the course yeah. I'm working on explains to people how to do that. That's amazing. You know, I had another lady on my show, and she talks about brain chemistry uh, as it relates to uh, other mammals. Um, Loretta Bruning, yes, yeah, I, you know I, yeah, her. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I love that she loves that mammal stuff. Yeah, and she, yeah, and she talks about the chemicals. Right. But you know, we're complex beings. It's yeah, not yeah. like you know, people are looking for the magic bullet. What do I need to do to change myself? Right. She doesn't and, really get that deep into the nuts and bolts. Right. right but there's no, there's no one answer. So that's true. You know, there's a there's a book called Rewire Your Brain by a, a neuroscientist and. Right. And he gets into all of the chemistry and stuff and, and, and the neural pathways. It's a little more complex than most people want to read. And right. you can't possibly remember it all. Right. So what I tried to do is I've been doing this stuff for a really long time. And so what I try to do is, is break it down into the basics so you can understand it. Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of information out there about how to change your life and how to change your money and how to change this. But most people, only about 2% of the people actually make the changes that they want to make. Mm, and, wow. and, that, and that's because of the natural resistance that people have to no, change. It's so true. It's so okay, true. So one of my, my goals is to help people understand why they resist, mm-hmm. to recognize the resistance when it happens and give them tools for overcoming that resistance. That's perfect. And, and for that. help... Yes, and for helping them understand that that resistance, people call it self-sabotage, 
but it, it's, it's not. not. It's, no. it's just the natural reaction to change. It's and almost like it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's hard to practice the same sort of thing is like doing any sort of change is going to bring on this. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> kind of feeling. Oh, okay, please. Actually, you have this part of your brain called the amygdala. Yes. And the amygdala is designed to ensure your survival. Correct. So yeah. it warns you when there's danger. Right. And and the amygdala can't stand uncertainty. Right. So when you start changing, the what the response from the world around you is uncertain. Mm. And so your amygdala says, whatever you're doing is dangerous. Go back to what Cortisol. you were doing. Cortisol. Yeah. Cortisol. <laughs> and, and 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 adrenaline, and it yes. just tells you to go back to doing what you what whatever you were doing. You were do- whatever you're doing now is not working for me. Okay. So <laughs> right, right. So I you have to find you have to use certain techniques. Yeah. To overcome the signals of the amygdala. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I try to teach people. So because yeah, a lot of people when they yeah. well, a lot of people when they go back to what they were doing before, they start blaming themselves and saying that's you're sabotaging yourself and everything else. But once you understand that it's just it's a matter natural part of the process, basically, it, and it happens to everybody and it's completely normal. Right. Yes. 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 Okay, well, we're on Vroom Vroom Veer, so we have to go back in time and we have to tell stories from your life in which we hopefully get some sort of growth lesson. <laughs> I think you get that, right? So yes. let's go back in time and, and talk about one of your favorite stories. Okay, so it's been a long time. I was born a long time ago. <laughs> I think I am the oldest podcaster um, on the planet. Exi- on the planet. So congratulations. I, so there Paul have Guinness. been a no- there have been a number of times when my life changed dramatically. Sure. But in 1975, actually wow. in 76, okay, I the gave away. I gave away everything I owned. Uh, I had, I was sick. I was broke. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. And I started feeling, and I had started meditating in 1972. So I was already kind of in touch with the inner self. Mm -hmm. And I was also on a health kick. I had given up sugar and have not eaten since 1973. I haven't eaten any sugar. So that uh, my body was healing. There wasn't a whole lot of information around. Remember, there was no internet. There was no, right. there was no personal growth stuff going on. Not so much. I had a. a, a Everybody teacher. was hung over from the sixties. Yes, and I had. A, <laughs> I had a teacher from India oh, who awesome. who gave a course called uh, Creative Self Fulfillment, and and I learned a lot from him. And when I had no money and I was getting evicted from where I was living, I, I just knew I had to give everything away. And, and I had come to trust the inner guidance I was getting, even okay. though it made no logical sense. My family thought that I was Bonkers. becoming schizophrenic. Oh, wow. And so they didn't want to push me over the line and they kind of you know, went along with it a little bit. I wound up at my parents' house every now and then, but it was an amazing journey. As a matter of fact, I just published a book called The Search for Connection, which tells the story. I knew I was in the middle of an interesting story 
So I kept a day at a glance diary Good for ten for ten years. Wow. And and about six years ago, I started creating a timeline and then writing the story. And I'm a good enough writer. It was it was an easy thing to do. And and when people read the book now, they tell me, wow, that was really courageous. At the time, I didn't see that I had much of a choice. Right. But my life tends to have interesting things happen. So things would show <laughs> up and, you know, I, I've been I, for a long time. I was in broadcasting. I was I produced one of the first radio talk shows in the early 60s. Oh, and wow. then and then when. Uh, when he moved to Los Angeles, I went with him. And then when, when he passed, I wound up at the Joey Bishop show, which was a talk show like Johnny Carson show. Okay. And so I've been around celebrity a lot. Uh, my brother turned out to be a big time Hollywood comedy producer. So I've had a lot of high energy stuff in my life. Mm, And yet I was just this normal screwed up person. (laughs) (laughs) Well said, normal screwed up. (laughs) Well, I mean, description of humanity. (laughs) Yes. Right. But they don't admit it. I, that's true. You admitted it. That's what made you unique. (laughs) And, and so, um, to me, I've learned that life is only as interesting as you make it. You know, when people get bored, I I don't understand bored because Particularly with the internet, there is just so there are so many options. Right. When people say I can't make a living, there are so many options. All you have to do is get out of your self-absorbed pity pot and get out there. <laughs> you know? I love and, that. That's that's very and, mit- uh, military stuff. You know, okay, if, and, if, if and you stop your you whine can, and slap them. <laughs> yeah, well, I was lucky. My father was also a little nuts. Yeah. And and we were the only Sotkins in the country. Okay. And and so he had all these rules for Sotkins. And he taught us that if you're a Sotkin, you're supposed to be different. Which oh, that's awesome. which could had its problems, but now as <laughs> peer group and all that stuff. Yeah, as a as a kid, that's kinda hard. It's, yeah, yeah, right. But yeah. where I am now. Um, at times my brother and I, my brothers, I have two brothers and I call it the curse of the Sotkins because like one brother, his appendix were in the wrong place. My kidneys are in the wrong place. The other brother became, you know, multimillionaire and we call it the curse of the Sotkins. You're supposed to be different. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there we Sins are. Sins of the father. <laughs> right. So, so when I got online in 1995 and there, wow, were, there was the no whole, internet in 1995. Yeah. That we had had the browser for six months. There were wow. already five hundred thousand sites. Everybody was on, like, uh, let's see here, CompuServe. CompuServe, yes. America uh, Online, maybe if that was around yet. I right. don't know. And I, yeah. uh, when I, the way I got online, um, after I had been wandering for all those years, I said to my, and I still had no money. I said to my mother, if I had a computer, I could make a living because I used to do desktop publishing. So oh, wow. when I when they, I had those little Macs, you know, yeah, and yeah. the original I, square box, yeah, black right? Because I had had I had built this big crystal business in the 1980s on this little Mac. I I was mailing out 50,000 catalogs at a time. Wow! And so she so she gave me her credit card for Circuit City, the the now 
deceased Circuit City. <laughs> yeah. And I got my first uh, multimedia computer. And on it was this little icon that said AOL. Right. And I, I clicked it and the modem made all these funny noises. <laughs> and I was I was online. And I thought to myself, my God, this is the future. And I said wow. to my mother, I want you to take out a bank loan for me so I can sit in front of this thing and figure out how to use it. Right. Which she did. And I wow. sat in front of the computers for 10 hours a day. There was, there was no... There was no Dreamweaver or WordPress or anything there like that. There wasn't even a, 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 a graphic interface for yes, the. But this was six months after the. the <laughs> oh, there was the, the very basic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, six months after. It was a text-based browser, more or less. Right. So, but yeah. I so I bought a book on HTML. Wow. And and within a month or so, I had my first website. Holy and cutting edge, Joan. Yes, and now I was an English major, qualified to do nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you were qualified it, to write a lot. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, it wasn't like I was a techie of any kind. But I f I remember when I used to try to do tables, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. So I'd go. I'd find a site that had tables, and I'd look at the source code, and I'd copy the table, mm. and then put in my information. That's what everybody's <laughs> doing. So right. <laughs> That's what so everybody's doing. It, it, it was hard. So it but is. um and and. I, I was living in California at the time, and I had one day I had awakened and heard this message in my head that said, you're moving to New Mexico. And I thought, what would I want to go to New Mexico for? for? I had been here once and was sick from the altitude the entire time. Mm. But I knew to, by this time, I knew to listen to that, that inner voice. Okay. So uh, after I made enough money online, to pay my basic expenses, right? I I put everything I owned in my car, which was not a lot, mm. and I had two hundred dollars, and I came to Santa Fe, and so there's been a series of life changing moments because moving to Santa Fe, I was really sick, and after I got here, I wound up in the hospital for a month, and they fixed my stomach. Had I been in in California. I would have wound up at the charity hospital in Torrance, where I know you are. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And but in Santa Fe, since we only have one hospital, they had to take me. Mm. So I wow. wound up in this very in a private room, well taken care of, and and they fixed my stomach. I had this serious surgery, and my stomach was fixed. So it's been a a series of stories of being sick and getting well and, and learning to heal and, and learning to meditate. And I see that it's just becoming who I am today. And I happen to be very healthy, very happy. I, I have more peace of mind than 99% of the world. Right. And, and what I see is I talk to a lot of younger people and they're in such a hurry to finish. <laughs> and right. Or the there's such yeah. a, in, there's, it, I think like today, yeah. the, one of the biggest epi epi epidemics yeah, yeah. is being busy, being busy, right? Is right. That what, that's the kind right. of attitude, and, you know, it's like, but I've, I've had, this, I've, like, had people in their, I've had people in their twenties and thirties say to me, I haven't reached my income potential. <laughs> and, 
in their 20s and 30s, right? And I'll say, damn right you haven't. And you well, know? and that's a good thing. <laughs> You're just getting started. Right. And, and it's not that they're in a hurry. They've gotten this message that they should accomplish X, Y, and Z. Right. And and there are no rules. I mean, if I was following rules that other people follow, I wouldn't be Joni Sotkin. Right. And and I mean, the stuff I do, I mean, I, I, I take really good care of myself. I sleep six and a half to eight hours a night. I never use an alarm clock. Nice. Um, I, I, I meditate every day at four thirty. people, if people call me at four thirty, the message they leave on the answering machine is, Oh, you must be at dog park. I'll talk to you at another time. I, I just turn my computer off. I don't turn it on on Sundays. Good and I, I, like I just, I just have learned that if I'm in a hurry, I'm in the future and I'm not living my life. Yeah. I and I, you know, and uh, for me, that yeah. that sort of like hurry sort of uh, energy about me, yeah. Just uh, I can't get anything done. I become like really useless. Right. Well, it's. <laughs> I mean, that's. I, that, a, it, what happens is when you're in a hurry. Yeah. You tend to do things you don't really have to do. Okay. And so you're wasting time it, because right. It it all evens out. It's like time karma. You know, <laughs> time karma. I like that. That's good. I, I never used that term before. That just came out. Okay. And let's, and let's, let's get a TM real quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like if you're in a hurry, you're missing the now so, and life yeah, is just a series of nows. Yeah. So you're, you're not in your life. And I love having these things happen that you can't explain where You'll ask a question and someone will come along and give you the answer, even though you weren't asking anybody the answer or, right, right. Uh, and, and in the, the book, the search for connection, I have a whole lot of these things where things happen that make no logical sense. Now this is scary to a lot of people because it's the unknown. Right. And so your amygdala goes danger, yeah. danger, <laughs> <laughs> danger, but Will I, Robinson, <laughs> but I, but I love these things. And, oh, I love those too. And in order to experience them, you have to get out of the future and you have to stop that adrenal response. Mm. Um, I, I was lucky in a way because I almost killed my adrenal glands. Uh, they were so, so worn out that I couldn't get from my bedroom to the living room. I wow. mean, tired adrenal glands. Yeah. And this was a long time ago before people knew the answer. I found this doctor who was helping me and uh, I would get this injection every three days of adrenal cortical extract. And it was uh, difficult, but I, I learned imagine. that I couldn't use up my adrenal glands. Mm. So I can now immediately tell if I'm having an adrenal response. And when I do, I just take a deep breath and I sit quietly for a while to let it calm down. Yeah. I, I, and, and people don't realize that it's those adrenal responses that cause heart disease and all sorts right. of physical problems because right, right. the stress response is what makes people sick. Yeah. So yeah. I'm in my, I'm in my 70s and I'm probably healthier than most 50 year olds. I don't take any prescription drugs. All of my blood tests are absolutely perfect. Wow. Um, I am you. healthy. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, we have all this medical system that 
teaches us to take pills and to go to the doctor. And um, I've never had a flu shot, you know, because I, I have got a, my flu shot this year. I, I have a strong immune system. <laughs> Good for you. And, Me too. And, and the thing is, people, I mean, I was a sugar addict, so I know what oh, we that we were all sugar addicts. Absolutely. When Did I you was ever work- get into ketchup? Well, I used to eat a lot of ketchup, right. of course. You know why, but, though? <laughs> why? full of sugar. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Actually, there's a ketchup I use now that has no sugar in it. It's Ooh. called Unketchup. Oh, I have to find that. Where do you find that? I get it at Whole Foods. I get oh, it's most at Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah, I get most of my food at Whole Foods. I'm ketchup at Whole Foods. I'm going to find that. Uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I eat only or get as much organic as I can. Right. So what I'm doing is I'm doing all those things they tell you are good for you, like get enough sleep and and don't eat sugar, don't eat carbohydrates. I've been right. on a modified Atkins diet for 43 years. Yeah, I'm doing something like that and, too. And all that stuff works. It, it totally works. does. And yes. the and the really neat thing that I've found is like over the holidays, um, yeah. I let myself cheat because it's just easier that way to kind of flow with the go of, you know, being That's a, that's a good excuse. Go ahead. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I I enjoy it while I'm doing it, but then right. when it's over, I I feel relieved to get back to my diet. Right. Well, I was because it feels so much better. Yeah, I was a suicidal depressive for 15 years. Oh my goodness! For and 15 this doctor, years, 15 years. Wow. I was on I was on all the psychotropic drugs that were available then. I was a mess, and this doctor said to me. Um, cause I had started reading about low blood sugar and I right. figured out that that's what I had. And the regular doctor told me that I was just a hypochondriac and I should get used to all my disorders. I said, no, thanks. So I started <laughs> meditating on it yeah. and I found this endocrinologist who treated hypoglycemia. Mm. And he said to me, if you follow this diet that I'm going to give you, you won't be depressed anymore. And he handed me a piece of paper that said, no peas, no beans, no corn, no rice, no potatoes, no bread, no grapes, no bananas, no watermelon, no sugar, no white flour, no caffeine. Wow. And I went home and did it. Wow. And two days, I wasn't depressed anymore. Two days. Amazing. Wow. I had a lot of other things I had to work on, and I had to get over being a depressed personality. Right. But I have not... But the I, feeling, the, the physical feelings. Of- and the, the feeling, that heavy feeling in your heart and that sadness and the, oh, life is so difficult. Right, and, right, right. No, I know and, that feeling. And, <laughs> yeah. and then I got to the point where I remember once I had a, a ripe pear and the next day I was totally depressed. I couldn't even eat fruit for a long time. Mm. So um, I was willing to do whatever it took. I, I know people will say to me, but I can't give up my chocolate. <laughs> you know? They'll say that about whatever they're addicted to. But I can't get up, give up my ex. That's what I live for, you know. And the chocolate is the one I hear the most often. Okay. Ice ice cream is one of the hardest foods to give up because it was the major reward food when you were a child. Oh, right. If you're a good girl, you can have an ice cream cone. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so um for some reason, I was willing to do whatever it took so I didn't have to be depressed anymore. Yeah. And and I, you know, I I have had a lot of other 
problems as a result of the lousy way I ate for so long, but I'm, I'm really healthy now. Mm. And, and I see all these people my age who are old and, (laughs) you know, that's the best line ever. I see all these people my age who are old, (laughs) but, but I'm not an old person. I tend, I tend to hang out with people who are 20 years younger than I am. Wow. And, and the fact that I'm doing a podcast and, and that, you know, there are a lot of people in their 20s and 30s who are in my orbit because I'm chronologically mature, but I'm not old. I have not stopped learning. Right. I have not stopped listening. I, I I do new things all the time. You've got a growth mindset. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, people are willing to live in fear. They're willing to live in, in dissatisfaction. They're willing to live in these states of mind that I don't know why they're willing to do it when they have the choice to do something else. I've talked to a number of people lately who are victims, you know, Mm. whatever they do, life works against them. They don't understand that they're creating that. Right, and right, and that's that true. if you don't like the way your life is going, you have the choice. When I gave everything I owned away, I had no idea what that was going to lead to. And and as I said, my family thought I was going nuts. Uh, well, there's a certain amount of nuts as the base. but that's, <laughs> A special different kind of nuts <laughs> for right. Sotkins. <laughs> but but I, I, I was willing to do whatever that inner voice told me to do. Mm. And so what people, was it like when you, uh, when you moved from, uh, LA area to Santa Fe? I mean, that's got to, did you do that right away? No, I took first? me, well, well, I got the message and okay. then I, you went to visit, and then I, you packed up then the I car. started, to, I, the first message I got was you're going to move to Taos. So okay. I started doing research and I knew that Taos wasn't the right place for me because there were only um, like 5,000 people there and I need people. Yeah. And it's colder than the rest of the world. So I started doing some research and, you know, sometimes you have to find out what you're not before you find out what you are. Okay. So I understood that Taos would appeal to my contemplative self but mm. that it would be too isolated for me. Mm. And so I started looking at Santa Fe. And the one thing I learned was if you're going to live in Santa Fe, you better find a way of making a living before you get here because it's hard to make a living in Santa Fe. That makes sense. So I had small that- towny, artisty people right. already have money. <laughs> right. So yeah. I had that in the back of my mind. And by this time, I had been living in a house for a while, but I put everything in storage, and I wound up in this uh, renting a room near the Vedanta Monastery where I was going to meditate every day. Mm. And so I thought I was going to be moving with my washer dryer and the refrigerator and a bunch of stuff. But it soon became apparent that if I was going to get to Santa Fe, I had to sell whatever I owned and get to Santa Fe. So I had $200 and whatever fit in my car, and I moved here. I didn't know anyone. And you stayed the first, on the I, first move? I, I had, I had no idea what I was going to do. Well, I, I was sick. Remember I was really sick. Right. I remember that. And yep. what I did was before I got here, I subscribed to the local newspaper Okay. and, and found 
uh, a room to share in an apartment. And so I had enough money to send the, the deposit. Okay. The guy sounded like a nice guy on the phone. All right. And, and so I, I came here and by this time I was really weak. I mean, I was really pretty sick and, yeah. um, I just got here knowing I was supposed to be here. Mm. And within six months, I wound up at the one hospital mm-hmm. and uh, for a month, I had no insurance. And so they had to take me and I had the best medical care in the world. And, and that changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. So one of the things I hear from people is that they get messages from that voice, mm. but they're afraid to listen. Right. Because their amygdala is going danger, danger, you know, know, and they, and they buy into that. And to me, if you don't allow your life to be an adventure of some sort, you wind up, I see all these people stuck in corporate and stuck here. Um, There's a guy who has a podcast called join up dots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know that guy. And I've been on his show twice already. And, um, he, he was in corporate for 25 years and had to make the leap. Mm. And people like John Lee Dumas were in corporate and had to make the leap. Right. A lot of people save their corporate money. Some people just make the leap. Right. And I've learned pretty, first of all, it's pretty hard to die. You have to almost work at it. (laughs) (laughs) So true. I did. I did. I, That's a whole other story, but yeah. I mean, I came close. I mean, I came damn close, (laughs) but, but the body has the ability to heal itself in an amazing way. Yes. And, and if you ask for help, you'll find it. And, and life is so much more open and exciting than it has to be if you're angry all the time. You know, I also learned like in, cause when I went through depression and then came out, right. Yeah. And you can you can talk to this too because when when you have that sort of experience, the volume of day to day BS that would uh-huh. normally you know pre like shithole of the universe, <laughs> right? right, would probably stimulate a greater volume of uh, amygdala response. Is what we're saying today, um, right? Right, but after well, it's also you've, you've it's also built up a- some muscle. Uh, yeah. to deal with that. Yeah, it's also a serotonin response, which Loretta Bruning talks about. Right, right, right. Um, uh, ser- <clears throat> I figured out when, when I, when this doctor was helping me <clears throat> one day, I, I got the, the urge to go to this bookstore and I just put my hand out and he was, he was, he specialized in blood sugar disorders. And, and I opened up to this page and it talked about how the the pancreas the insulin is yeah. one of the ingredients in serotonin. So and there was I also found this article in, in uh, Scientific American that explained that insulin is one of the ingredients in serotonin. Okay. So when the pancreas, which is what is affected by sugar consumption, right, and that, um, isn't that the pancreas makes insulin? Isn't that insulin? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's overactive, 
because you're eating too much crap. Right. It's the, trying to. It's it, constantly it trying to do its job because you're eating too much right. sugar. Right. So it's it's the insulin production is off. Right. And I so it made sense to me that this and what then the this book I found in the bookstore said that tryptophan, which is another ingredient in serotonin, is stored in the island, islands of Langerhans in the pancreas. Okay. So wow. it made sense to me that sugar consumption caused depression. Mm, it's true. When I when I went to tell the doctor this, because um, I, I I had this doctor who thought I was interesting because I came up with all these interesting facts. Oh, see, and, that's and, great. And 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 I doctor. said to him, yeah, he was he yeah. he was he was nuts. And <laughs> so he fit but, right in with you, <laughs> but brilliant, but brilliant. So yes. we were a great pair. Right. And, and he did save my life. And, um, he said, well, um, if that's true, what you're saying, it's going to change how depression is treated. And now they treat it with serotonin uptake inhibitors. Right. That's true. Okay. Right. right. So. When you when you gave up sugar and changed your diet, mm-hmm. your moods probably got a whole lot better. Oh my goodness! Oh, <clears throat> geez, I could write a book just about that. Yes. About, oh my, and, you know, and it, it's like it's a new discovery, like all the time, like mm-hmm. about how much better you feel when you do a new thing that you haven't done in a while. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe how much better I feel, like all the time, every day. It's like but energy. I can't. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, I, but I can't give up my chocolate. <laughs> but I, you know, I still eat chocolate, and it's okay. Uh, I've uh, I've found that you you'll you're gonna laugh at my diet, but I'll I'll, I'll go through it because it's kind of funny. It's um it's it's always a work in progress for me. It's just this is what I've currently found to be the nice balance between decent enough food and um, easy. Okay. So that's, that's what I really like. I want it to be easy. So for breakfast, I have like a, uh, omelet basically. So it's eggs, some ham, some cheese, and some sort of kale or spinach or mix of greens. Um, and then a cup, two cups of coffee. All right. And then for lunch, it's like, have you ever been to Trader Joe's? Every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. They've got all these really great salads that are amazing. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I get I get like four or five of those as a variety, and those serve as lunch, and they all yeah. have to have chicken. So it's yeah. it's a it's a salad. And there some of those salads aren't strict. You know, there's things in there that technically um, you know, they have sugar like fruit and berries. And I just go, whatever. Oh, fr- fruits okay. are okay. Okay. Fruits are, all right. Fruits are okay. Good. And then for dinner, this is what kind of throws people a little. Um, I usually have, um, I found that the easiest thing for me to do in the evening is, uh, you know, those rotisserie chickens that you get in grocery stores? At Whole Foods, yes. <laughs> okay. I don't go yeah. for the Whole Foods version, but. Because uh, the other one, the ones in the grocery store has sugar in them. Th- yes. Well, I found one, uh, one place that does smoked meats. Okay. And they're really good. (laughs) So I usually get like a couple of those whole chickens and one is usually like four meals ish, you know? So usually if I get that and maybe some ribs or some, uh, 
tri-tip, some sort of meat. I, I, you know, beef is a little hard to, to digest for me. So I usually go with either chicken or pork. But And then maybe grapes. I've been eating a lot of very dark grapes. I don't know if those are good or bad in your mind, but... They're high in sugar. They're high in sugar. Yeah, but they're... See, what, now, what I found now imagine. That, now, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, Joan. You already, <laughs> you already feel amazing, right? I do, yeah. Imagine if for six months... Yeah, you stayed on a really low sugar diet, and right. and and if those two cups of coffee are the only uh, coffee you have, that's not too bad. If you're doing coffee during the day, and you really you really healed your adrenal glands, did I? It would you'd oh, feel oh, if even I I you'd feel even better wow. than you feel now. You probably can't imagine that. Probably not. Okay, <laughs> I, I should try, you know, you know, and the other thing I learned from Loretta is um, an experiment uh, in her mind with whatever you do with diet or, you know, it doesn't matter. Any habit kind of thing yeah. takes probably about 45 days to lock If not in. longer. I if saw a longer. recent study, right. a recent study. Because I used to hear it takes 28 days to, to change yeah, a habit. he has got a, a different number. Uh, there's yeah. one show, one study that showed it can take as much as 245 days. Wow. My you goodness. have to make a commitment to a lifestyle change. Right. Now, and a lot of people I think go, it gets ah. easier after 45 days. It, it is. Yeah. And, but you have, you know, in this course I'm doing, I say the only thing you have to do is make a decision. And That's to choose right. and to choose one habit that you want to alter mm. and to work on that one thing at a time, mm -hmm. because then you get used to because what happens when you start changing your habits, you get what I call the moving stupids and and which are easy <laughs> to it's it's like when you move from one house to another. Yeah. You get really stupid. You don't know where anything is. You lose your wallet. You lose your keys. You bump into things. Right. And and I I checked this out with a with a neuroscientist, and he said I was absolutely right. He just thought it was funny that I was calling it the moving, moving stupid. Moving stupid. <laughs> and what what's That's what's hilarious. happening? What's happening is you've got the old neural pathways that are the habit. Right. And you're building new neural pathways, and so you have both of them in existence at the same time. So when you go to do something, it takes your brain a little bit longer to know which which side to go on. Right, right. So, and that's the moving stupids. It's like you move to a new house. There are going to be days when you might even drive home from work the old way. Because <laughs> you drive to the old house. Damn it! <laughs> yes, because that's the moving stupids. Right. Because your brain hasn't been trained enough. Mm. And that, so when you're creating a new habit, what you're doing is creating new neural pathways it's in like your you're brain. It's like making a new circuit in your brain. Absolutely. And yes. your brain has the ability to clean out the old circuits. Right. But it you doesn't just, happen you have to right just away. Stop using it. Exactly. You have to exactly. Stop using so it. so it depends upon what you're eating and how you think and I mean cuz we're complex beings it's not, you know, just this easy thing to do. And right. so I, I, I'm hoping people will understand that when they think they're sabotaging themselves, they're not. It's just their brain hasn't got used to the new habit. And you need and a strategy you, 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 and, yes, uh, and an understanding yes. and an awareness, you know, yes. of that, 
you know, okay, I'm going to feel crappy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I, yeah, when I do going, this, this yeah, is not going to be easy, right? And the way, the way I say it is you're in this tunnel of transition yeah. and the tunnel's dark. You have no idea how long it is and you have no idea what's on the other end. Right. You're definitely going to need that, some flashlights. And you're also going to need some support. Right. It's really yes. hard. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at the 12-step programs. I oh, went wow. to Overeaters Anonymous and Codependents Anonymous and Debtors Anonymous because it's support. And right. when you when you say out loud what kind of trouble you're having and people and there is no crosstalk, so people can't make comments about what you're saying, mm. uh, it's so much easier. That's why coaches are so important because right, – right. If you're just seeing the world from your point of view, you're missing a whole lot. And, you know, you have the advantage of having been in the military, which is where you learn discipline. Right. And, and most people think that discipline is a dirty word. But even <laughs> with, with, with as, as, as oddball as I can be, because I'm not following a traditional path, staying off the sugar for as long as I have gives me a level of discipline Right. That very few people have. Right, right. Okay, and if you're if you say you're going to do something and you're having some trouble doing it, it means there's an emotion probably left over from early childhood that is getting in your way. And until you learn how to deal with those emotions, then then you're going to keep what you're calling sabotaging yourself. Right, right. And you know, I think. Somebody else said a thing. Um, you know who the comedian Louis C.K. is? Oh, of course. Uh, he was on, I think it was he was on Conan, but I just saw a little clip of him yeah. on Conan, okay? And it was hilarious and amazingly cool at the same time. So he was like, I, the clip starts off like in the middle almost. It's like he's saying, you know, the other day I was driving and all of a sudden I felt my my little empty in the pit of my stomach, you know, the little empty, <laughs> the thing that, that makes us think we're alone and everything's, right. <laughs> everything's nothing. <laughs> right. and, and, and whenever I touch that, I feel a little bit sad and, and I don't want to feel sad. So I, I think about other things or I check my phone or, or I, you know, I, I don't know, whatever. I, and a lot I of people do an, just a thing. Yeah. A eat, lot of people eat, <laughs> right. Ever. Exactly. Ha have exactly. sex, have a beer, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they distract themselves was his point. And, uh, and he said, instead of doing that, I decided to pull over and I just decided to let myself feel sad. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I cried for about 15 minutes, like a baby. And then I felt amazing. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was the best. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do that on TV. That's you great. Yeah. That's great. The, right. the, the system that I use is recognize, release, replace, and repeat. Okay. So Let's go through those. Yeah. Recognize. Okay. So right. you recognize, he recognized that he was feeling sad. Yeah. He, right. He, right. he, he let himself feel, feel it. it. Right. And he cried. That was the release. Mm. And then, and then you say, well, what would I rather be feeling? Because if you have a habit, for example, of feeling, um, disappointed, that's a very common feeling, right? I'm, I'm so disappointed every time I do something, it doesn't work out. Well, that's a habit and it's a yeah. feeling habit and it started in early childhood. And so if you say, what would I rather be feeling? 
the answer could be satisfied. And so I'll say, well, do you know how to feel satisfied? Mm. And someone like Louis K does because he, they applaud and he gets, you know, he's had enough success right. that he knows the feeling. So, and everybody has had something in their life that's satisfying just about everybody. Right. And, and so you remember that feeling. Mm. So the next time you recognize that you feel disappointed, mm-hmm. you take a deep breath and say, I'd rather be feeling satisfied. And you conjure up the feeling. Mm. Or you do a gratitude inventory. You know, what do I feel right. grateful for today? Right, right. In other words, the idea is when you recognize, and I think it's a good idea to feel the feeling. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it's because, then because you're not getting into the habit of avoiding all the time. But also, and, right. emotions by their nature need to be expressed. Uh, there was a guy, John Bradshaw, who called it energy in motion. Mm-hmm. And actually what it is, is these neuropeptides, they, these little biological things that attach themselves to your organs. That's why you feel something in your abdomen. You feel something in your shoulders. Right. Because that's where the feeling is kinesthetically happening. Mm-hmm. And if you don't express the feeling, those molecules of emotion they get, get stuck. stuck in. <laughs> right. So yes. you've got all this. So imagine this. You've got all this anger that's built up. Mm. At one point, my st- I wasn't ever allowed to get angry when I was a kid. Oh, wow. And my right, stomach, right. my stomach ruptured. Oh my goodness. Because I swallowed so that's where all it went. Yeah. I swallowed my anger for so long that mm. my stomach ruptured. Okay. Oh my goodness. So a lot of disease, wow. there's a whole branch of medicine called psychoneuroimmunology, which uh, oh, is the connection. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I, which is the connection between emotions and disease. So when you don't express the emotion, Mm. it's going to express itself. You're going to have an accident. You're going to break a bone because it's the energy releasing. You're going to get sick. You're going to have something explode in your body like mine did. So once you recognize the kinesthetic experience of the emotion, you don't have to have a word for it then you can make the sound of the emotion or just let yourself feel it. Feel it to the point where you think you're going to die and you're not. You're not. I mean, it's you won't, like, right. Yeah, right. And then it's over. Yeah. Then it's over. Right. When I was Actually, learning. Actually, I think there isn't there a, um, have you ever watched that show? That, well, okay, probably not. There's this show. Um, what's his name? Bear Grylls. He's like this ex uh, special forces guy from England, and, he and takes... doesn't he do the animal stuff? No, well, he's like no, a guess... survivalist guy. Okay, okay. So and he so... takes celebrities out and and puts them in danger, right? Right. It's like doing the fire walk. A little bit, but a little okay. bit more intense. Exactly. They I've done think, the fire they actually walk. think that they're going to die. Right. A it's like bit. the first the first time <laughs> the first time I soloed in an airplane. Oh my God! I sat, <laughs> I, I, I sat on the tarmac for a la, at least thirty minutes, facing my death. Yes, you know. Wow. Well, which is worth dying or not doing this? You know. Right. And I finally decided <laughs> I had to do it, and it's the most amazing feeling. It screws up your adrenal gland for days. Right. But it was. But it was when a, it's the, the when you get done. 
right? So yes. that when you're yes. watching the show, so like, yeah. you know, like uh, the comedian from The Office, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not an adventurer. He's never done scary right. shit. And and right. this guy puts him on this repelling line and he's right. making him like scurry across this gorge, you know? Right. And that whole time he's on that rope, he's thoroughly convinced that he's going to die. But oh, as absolutely. soon as he gets off of that rope, you've yeah. never seen a bigger smile. <laughs> Well, and well, that's chemical, I, right? That's- when I when I did the firewalk, yeah, um, I was really sick, and I had called up this friend of mine um, to talk, and this guy answers the phone and says, "Hi, Joan. I'm Tony Robbins. I know who you are, but you don't know who I am because no one knew who Tony Robbins was at the time." Wow. And and he said, "I'm giving this workshop on Friday night, and I'd like you to come to it." So I said, okay. And when I got there, I discovered I was at a firewalk. <laughs> so, so, you know, he spends, he spends five hours getting you in the mood. And, and was there a lot and, of wine involved? Or? <laughs> uh, no, no, not that kind of stuff. mood. Okay. No. And so I, we go out to the fire pit and, and I get at the end of the line and I'm saying to myself, cause I was really sick at the time. And I kept saying, uh, when I feel better and and I know I'm going to a firewalk, I'll do this, but I don't think I want to do it tonight. And blah, blah, blah. and I'm standing online and this voice inside of me says, Joan, you can do it. And I huh. walked to the coals and they have a catcher on the other end to give yeah. you a hug when you finish. Yeah. And and it changed my life because that's when really? I knew. That's when I knew that I had the power within me to get healthy. Mm, wow. That what, what, I what, what, did, what, what was going through your mind? That Did you think that your, your feet were going to be all blistered and burned? Or? But, but by that time, you're in a hypnotic state. I mean, that's what they do for the four or five hours before oh, you. Oh, they're hypnotizing they you. Get you into a, they get you into this jacked Zone. up state. Yeah. yeah. Where you're willing to try it, <laughs> but I was the last one to try it, yeah. and and it changed my life. And then when I did the solo in the airplane, that was another one. Then I have a friend here in Santa Fe who leads ropes courses, and we were actually going to do this thing as a workshop. We called it the Power Plunge. I actually there's actually a, a YouTube video of me doing the Power Plunge. <laughs> I got to see and, that. <laughs> and I climbed to the top of the 60 foot pole and then jumped off. Wow. Of course, you've got you know ropes and harnesses and everything else. Yeah. And and um and there's a YouTube video of my doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You know, and you, and, um, and so this is why you burned out your adrenals, maybe. <laughs> well, no, no, this was after I got healthy. I know. This I'm is teasing. after I got healthy, and and um, you know, there's so much more to life than most people allow themselves to live. That's true. Um, there's so they spend so much of their time being careful, right? That they miss the interesting parts of life. Mm. And, and so if at this age I can be any kind of inspiration for people to step out of the little cage they've created for themselves right. and take a chance, that's what this book is that I wrote, The Search for Connection, right. because it's the, you know, it's the story of all these things. And 
by and learning to listen to that inner voice. It was like, what do you got to lose? You know, mm. it's um, and if if anger is what's spurring you on, that's not it. <laughs> you know, there, <laughs> there there really is this place inside of us that yeah. is a place of peace. So if your and inner I, voice sounds like Gilbert Gottfried, you need some help. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> like Donald Trump. <laughs> you don't, if you're angry all the time, that's an adrenal response. You're going to wear yourself out. Yeah. And life is going to look very dark. Mm. It's going to look like the worst possible place. Yeah. And I live in the same world as people who only see the darkness. And I have, I rarely have anything bad happen to me. The worst thing that happened to me lately is that I got a bill from my insurance agency. They had raised the, the premium on my car a couple of dollars and they charged me seven and a half dollars for a policy change. That was, I got annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) That's the, that's the current level of what can annoy you. What what pisses me off. Wow. (laughs) Joan, you got a rough. (laughs) (laughs) Or when another dog attacks my dog, that pisses me. Oh, well that's, that's a real deal. That's survival. That's, that's an adrenal response. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but I mean, that dog. I mean, I, a lot of people crave peace of mind. They think it's going to come from something external. Mm. It has to come from inside of you. Right. And you have to make the decision to be a peaceful person. That's true. Um, a lot of people can't make that decision. You know, we live in a dualistic reality. So for every plus, there's going to be a minus. Right. I'd rather be on the plus side of things. Amen. Who wants to be and, on the dark side? Right. And I think you can, can make that choice. It may take a little work because you have to change all your habits, but it certainly is there for you if you want it to be. Amen. This has been a blast. We're almost, <laughs> we're actually over an hour. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun, Joan. You're, you're yeah. a hoot. <laughs> you can be on my show every week. Um, <laughs> okay. So let me make sure I get your URL right. So you are at prosperityplace.com. Oh, are you still at joansotkin.com too? Yes, and and search for connection. But you go if you go to prosperityplace.com, it links to everything else. That's the that's the hub. Yes, that's Joan the hub. Central. Yes. <laughs> Prosperityplace.com. Yes. And There's, I'm the only Joan Sotkin in the entire world. So if you're you the Google, only Joan Sotkin, Joan Sotkin in, in the entire world on the planet. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's uh, yes. pretty impressive. Uh, it is. I am not the you, only Jeff Smith. As it, no, especially as it, as it, as when you have a last name like Smith. I have a friend who's John Smith, and yeah. I can't imagine. I am the only Joan Sotkin, yeah. and so if you so you Google, can't get away with anything. No, if you Google, <laughs> if you Google me, I've been online for 25, 21 oh, years. I, I have to do page that. after page after page right. of Joan Sotkin, so you can't miss me. <laughs> This has been a hoot. All right. So thank you, Joan, and uh, you have an awesome day. You too. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.